A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The way history works in, in, in Romania and Eastern Europe, there's like a big battle Every five years for the survival of the of the nation, like every five okay. years. So you can't keep track of all. Yeah, you can't. They're all kind of important. Like all of all of them. If we lost, we would have spoken a different language, and and the language we speak there now is because we did lose some wars there. <laughs> so yeah, eighteen seventy seven Romanian Parliament. That guy, what was his name? Cogolniciano. He read the Act of Independence of Romania as the will of the Romanian people. A day later. On May 22nd, the act was signed by Prince Carol I. I can handle that name. Uh, Carol, actually. Fuck <laughs> off, Fredo. For symbolic reasons. We didn't have a, a King Carol. <laughs> <laughs> well, why is your name Carol? Get a guy's name, you fucking weirdo. The year is with Red and Bobby. Welcome to the Year Is Podcast, the podcast where every episode we travel back to a year in history. We talk about the weirdest, the most interesting, the strangest things from that year. You're probably thinking, who is this guy the last couple weeks? It's been Red Richardson and various guests. Well, I gallivanted around Canada, but guess what? Now I'm back and Red is in Dubai in prison. I'm assuming. I don't actually know if he's in... I, I, I don't think he's in prison, but he's in Dubai. And I can imagine him doing something in Dubai that would land him in prison. Possibly, you know, insulting the king. Showing a nude photo of himself to someone. Kissing a man. I don't know what he's going to do in Dubai that gets him thrown in the slammer, but it's probably already happened. We have to assume Red's never going to escape. So from now on, this podcast is me and whoever sits in for Red, in vigil, whoever sits in kind of, we talk about the good times we had with Red, not today, but we, you know, this whole podcast now because of Red's imprisonment in Dubai has become more than just a podcast. It's a rallying cry. Keep Red in prison. This podcast is now devoted to Red's life time imprisonment in the kingdom of Dubai and here with me to further that cause is our co-host this week and our guest and my friend and person and a person on his own in his own right outside of me he exists <laughs> he is not a figment of my imagination Radu Isaac hi Bobby thanks for having me hi yeah. everybody at home 
<laughs> I've never heard anyone on a podcast do that before. Hi, everybody at home. <laughs> like Hi, it's everybody. morning TV. <laughs> Hi, everybody on a jog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't assume anyone who enjoys my voice also exercises. Yeah. Hi, everybody in a drive-thru. Hi, everybody with dried cum on their stomachs, <laughs> texting, asking if they can please see their kids, even though they know the custody arrangement says it's not for two weeks thank uh, you for coming radu absolutely my pleasure i'm uh, more responsible i wouldn't go to dubai no you wouldn't go to dubai and do whatever red has done that I has would... given him this life sentence out of a principle you know the, the, those people that kind of compl- kind of complain all the time like how could you go to saudi arabia and do that you know i wouldn't go to somewhere on a vacation where if my wife was sexually assaulted, she could be put in prison for it. Like, I think that's a bad idea for a vacation yeah, 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 destination. Yeah. yeah. It seems like that could really go south. Okay, I wouldn't go to South to North Korea either. No, they often kill Westerners. But it's, I, it's, I think it happens once in a while, not, not, not that often. Yeah, but it sticks. I, I feel like the stats are still like above 1%. The reason I wouldn't go, coming from a from a dictatorship, because I know we're gonna discuss politics today, I feel like it's it's kind of sick of people from like rich countries to go and visit people from the, the poorest country in the world. It's a bit of like going to the zoo and like looking around. I get what you mean, but that is and a the, lot. The whole of countries... thing of teenagers. We're gonna go on an adventure. We're gonna go and look at poor people in North Korea. It shows like Ugh, I don't feel like your parents raised you right. Yeah, but those the people who live in those countries are really happy for you to come usually because they get some of your money. I think they're afraid of anything, and they're not allowed. They're not allowed like for, foreign currency and stuff. Oh, you, well, North Korea specifically, it's its own crazy thing. But I mean, most developing countries, or whatever word is now used to describe a country that isn't as good at stealing resources as the West. Okay, I would say they're happy to have you know. You go to Cambodia, they're like, "Welcome, please." Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess. Spend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But also, uh, I th- I feel like there's a higher risk of being kidnapped in Cambodia than it is in, in North Korea. You mean in North Korea than in Cambodia? No, 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 in, in Cambodia, there's a higher risk. Because really? I think so, because it's like everybody wants your money, so some people own the hotel, but some people just own like a sword. Okay. So they they're gonna use a sword to get the money. <laughs> a sword. <laughs> so like, but like in in North Korea, the the rule of law is very strict. Nobody's gonna go and rob you. I would be quite confident actually if someone had to pull out a sword, because I think I can outrun them. You think the, I can the outrun slow... anyone who's trying to carry around a giant sword? I don't know. You're you're too much of a city boy. I th- I'm assuming people in the villages they can run. Maybe they have like a thing to put the sword in the back or something. They, Maybe they, oh, like a, a sheath. Like a sheath. I didn't know that word. Like a ninja sheath. Sheath. Yeah, that's okay. what it's co- called when you put a sword into something, Radu. It's a taka in Romanian. A a taka. A daka. Taka. Taka. Cool. I'm learning. Uh, I'm I'm loving. <laughs> I'm living. I'm learning. Red was just denied breakfast. By his Dubai guard, and he burst into tears. I just got a text. That's what he's <laughs> up to. He hasn't eaten in 18 hours, which for Red is a very long time. He's struggling to breathe. The good news is Red is allowed to listen to the podcast. He is. That's actually, it, it, That's they're not doing it as a kindness. They're doing it to break him. They're playing this episode on repeat 
in his cell to try to get him to admit that he said the king was a silly boy. That's why he's in prison for the rest of his life. He said, that guy's a silly boy. And they said, you are going to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect 200. You're going to rot in his cell with his hot daughters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and after a couple days, they'll be like, bring back our dad, please. R.I.P. No, not R.I.P. <laughs> no, no. Well, R.I.C. Rest in cell, Red. I hope that you're having a good morning and you're learning to get along with the other inmates. And I hope that you are enjoying whatever. I don't know what the food is in Dubai, but I hope it's good. I think it's good. Yeah, you've done those gigs, right? To the... No, I never did. Yeah, the food is very good. Okay. Red's going to come back fatter. But I think the food you're talking about is probably the food at the luxury hotels you stay at when you do the gigs. Yeah. Not necessarily the prison. I feel like it's still sort of better than, than like a greasy spoon in the UK. You think Dubai prison food, I th- a country that has slaves, is better? I think so, yeah. I don't know. I don't trust slave own- a slave-owning nation to take care of its prisoners. <laughs> Okay, I've had the best kebab there, like a three, okay. three euro kebab, and like somebody was selling it at the exit of of of, at the cl- of a club. But they didn't they didn't even have like their own uh, their own space. They just okay. had like a cart. Just incredible, just the best kebab. I believe yeah, you. For three three euros. Okay, well, hopefully that guy is catering Red's prison. Otherwise, he will be crying even more right now. If he if he gets like one euro kebabs, I think they're better than the the kebabs in the UK. Okay. I I, I believe you wholeheartedly, Radu. I, I, think, I, don't, I think Red's going to be happy in prison. There's, there's That's one thing what I'm trying you, to say. you might not have noticed about me. Okay. Uh, I've really changed as a guy, and that is I'm wearing a hat. It looks like an old person. It's not like a teenager's no, hat. No, not old person. Yeah, no. like No, Radu. Not a teenager's Radu, hat. Radu, this is not what I, you were supposed to say. It's not like say. a bright color. That's no, what I was going to say. It's, it's gritty. It's cool. It's like, wow, that guy's seen shit. Yeah, you look, you look your age. Somehow you you managed to find a hat for thirty-seven year old people. Like, whatever. I'm a relaxed, cool guy. I went on stage. I had a great set in this hat, and now I'm like, this hat is who I am. Okay. You ever have that with a piece of clothing? Or if you kill in that piece of clothing, you're like, I didn't know I had a lucky shirt. I, I have, uh, I have a couple of hats, but then I also the confidence makes me bomb in the hat, and then I hate the hat forever. Yeah. I have some hoodies and a hat that I hate forever. What about like a male chastity belt where they like lock your cock? I don't have that one. <laughs> It'd be really annoying if to you have one good set in your male chastity belt where your cock is locked <laughs> away and you're unable to like, get an erection. And you're like, God damn it. Now I have to wear this, my, my cock protection every time I go on stage. <laughs> you wear it for a bit. If it makes you a millionaire, why not? Yeah, yeah, I would wear it for a bit. Kevin Hart is wearing one. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart definitely has one. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Kevin Hart, he was in a farming accident as a child, doesn't have a penis. Okay. I've been spreading that rumor. Yeah, it's kind of amazing what so he's he done. So he wears a chastity belt over a non-penis? Yeah, yeah. He Just wears balls? like a male chastity belt. A, okay. a cock cage is what they call it. He wears a cock cage. Okay. That's the word. I was looking for the word. Cock cage. Cage. But what is shocking is when you remove the cock cage, there's nothing there. So that's the struggle he deals with day to day. Red deals with being in prison, and we deal with history. The biggest struggle of all, Red. Because how, you know, how someone can frame history is how someone decides who you are. 
If you're framed in history as a good guy, you're a good guy. If you're framed in history as a bad guy, you're a bad guy. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. all of life is really history. Everything that happened before now is history. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about everything before right now. Nothing in the future. We don't care about what's happening tomorrow. No, unpredictable, you know? <laughs> Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Talking about the past is great because you can dis- you are an authority because it's already happened. You can just say what you think, really. Yeah, yeah. I do love getting time after after sort of a, a, a big uh, after sort of like a big event to to think about it and form like a correct opinion and yeah. people. So we're gonna go back to a year, which means a lot to the people of this room and the people of Romania, Radu. Okay. What year do you think we're going back to? It's just because you told me before the... <laughs> I, I was going to say 1918. That's the one I guessed. But you, 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 you went like 1877? Yes, Radu. That was the whole... Can't you just... We were trying to replay a moment, Radu. I was, should, should, I should have said just 1918? Yes, that was obviously what was happening. I feel like this is more honest. I feel like the audience should, should appreciate our honesty. Radu, fine. I yes. Guess. Okay. We're going to 1877, the year Romania was founded. Let me Google it very quickly. No, don't Google it. What would you? What? But you wouldn't believe. You wouldn't think that Romania was founded in 1877. So, I, so you're saying that's when we got like in the we declared independence from from the Ottoman Empire? Yes. Okay. Uh, I know there's like another date. I know it's definitely the 24th of January, but I think that's like 1856. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe. in Romania. Listen, I don't think a country is actually the best at keeping its own history. Yeah, that's true as well. Because, you know, you're you're too close to it. You're too close to the eye of the storm to know the nature of the storm. Oh, do you know, like, British politicians, even now, they don't admit that they fucked over India. Like, even, like, officially, officially the UK helped India. Wow. If you you ask the the king and the the prime minister. Yeah, even though in, you know, in, in the 1850s, uh, they killed millions of people because they forgot to grow food. And the same with Australia as well. What they were doing out there, just basically, yeah, euthanizing. Like, well, the, the, indigenous yeah, the indigenous population. Yeah, yeah. And they're still not admitting it. They're still sort of, no, we never did anything of the sorts. Yeah, look at what we created. Yeah. No, we just fought the Nazis. That's, our, that's the only thing we did in history. But the, UK, that, the British we... fought the Nazis. No, that's it. No, we just fought the Nazis. That's the only thing we did. We just fought the Nazis. But they supported them before, before oh, they yeah. went to war with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. For a, for a period yeah. of time, there were, uh, yeah. the, there were some lords in the UK that was saying the Nazis are the next Elon Musk. But in Romania, okay, you had your own Nazis, didn't you? The Ottoman Empire. Okay, yeah. They, they were the horrible the, people for like a good couple of hundred years. The Ottoman Empire gets overlooked. They were, they were kicking ass for like 600 years. Oh, they, they were, were like running the, fucking everything. They were the main, like the, the, all of the crusades and stuff, all of the Western sort of Christianity, they were fighting. The, the, the main adversary was the Ottoman Empire, from what I know. The Ottomans actually, like, for the time, there was progressive elements of the Ottoman Empire. Like, they took the Jews in at the time. You know, Christians could live there. But they just have to pay higher taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think when people talk, refer to like the Dark Ages, those only happened like in Western Europe, and then like in in the Ottoman Empire area, there weren't ever any Dark Ages. It was, okay. It, it kept getting better, but also I don't know that for sure. You kind of right. hijacked me on with this history. podcast. There is no saying. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> Everyone listening knows there is a good chance 
what is being said is not true. Yeah, that's true. Is not a fact, as people who deal in facts would call it. This is a lot of confident conjecture. If we said that, we'd have to say it after every sentence. I feel like people that deal with facts also should say that after every sentence. In 1877, by a speech in Parliament of Romania by... Oh my god, I have to try to say a Romanian name right This is hell. Nicolae Bolcescu. Mihail Kogelnikano? Kogelnichano? Yeah, that guy. Do you know him? Yeah, I went, so... Uh, you went to school so, with him? No, like ju- <laughs> junior high, it was... My junior high was called Mihail Kogelnichano. Well, did you know why? Do you know who he was? I know that he was like a politician. He was a politician who declared... Romania independent from the Ottoman Empire in 1877. And that's why your school is named after him. I'm so glad I can help. That is why. Because that's what this guy did. He might have done other shit. I'm not aware. He might have done good things. He might have done terrible things. But in 1877, he did that. But was it recognized as independent right away? No. That happened in 1878, after the end of the Romanian Independence War. A Romanian you are, but this <laughs> this war that happened in the 1870s where you got independence from the Ottoman Empire, who had their boot on your neck for many years. But the, the, way, his, the way history works in, in, in Romania and Eastern Europe, there's like a big battle every five years for like a big battle for the survival of the of the nation like every five okay. years so you can't keep track of all yeah you can't they're all kind of important like all of all of them if we lost we would have spoken a different language and and, and the language we speak there now is because we did lose some wars there <laughs> what? We, didn't, we didn't win everything wait what what's romanian derived from so it's like i it's uh is it like Roman? an offshoot it's, of Roman. It's yeah, it's Latin most of it, and then uh, it's a bit Slavic. Really? So everyone's and, like Latin's dead, but Romanian is pretty close. Oh yeah. So no, it's uh, it's one of the six Latin languages. Our our closest is Italian. Italian okay. is the closest language to Romanian. Okay. And then and then there's Russian. Uh, the, yeah, the Slavic languages. I think I heard there's something like thirty percent of words are from Slavic. Again, not. I think I heard. Okay, I it's know. It's a fact. I counted. It is a fact, Radu. Say it like it's true, baby. I counted. Da. Da. There is no room for indecision on the year is. <laughs> there is only what we think, but what we think is actually what we know. That makes sense. So, yeah, 1877, Romanian Parliament. That guy, what was his name? Kogelnichano. Uh, he read the Act of Independence of Romania. As the will of the Romanian people. A day later, on May 22nd, the act was signed by Prince Carol I. I can handle that name. Uh, Carol, actually. Fuck (laughs) off, Radu. For symbolic reasons. We didn't have a a King Carol. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why is your name Carol? Get a guy's name, you fucking weirdo. So, So, for symbolic reasons, the day of May 10th, was celebrated as Independence Day until 1947, since it's also marked the celebration of the day when the German prince, Carol, first came to Bucharest. After the declaration, the Romanian government immediately canceled paying tribute to the Ottoman Empire, and the sum was given instead to the Romanian War Ministry. That's Mm -hmm. quite badass, actually. 
Initially, before 1877, Russia did not wish to cooperate with Romania since they didn't want Romania to participate in the peace treaties after the war. But the Russians encountered a very strong Ottoman army of 40,000 soldiers led by Osman Pasha at the siege of Pleven, where the Russian troops led by Russian generals suffered very heavy losses and were routed in several battles. I shouldn't have read this part. (laughs) Plevna. The siege of Plevna? Yeah, yeah, that one. Okay. Have you heard of that siege? I've heard about it. Yeah, I don't know anything about it, but I, I heard about it. Okay, there's, ignore There's it. a street, you know, there's like a big a big boulevard in Bucharest called Kalaplevne. So here's what happened, okay? <laughs> By the way, this is a war of independence, and it has three paragraphs on Wikipedia. So do you think it should have more? I'm just saying if it was, if it was Britain, it would have ten pages. That's true, but it's also like uh, Wikipedia in English. Yeah, well... We have like we have a big book at home. We, we there, there there have been more paragraphs written by the War of Independence. Just I'm not... just saying the point is <laughs> it should have made it to Wikipedia by now. Maybe I don't know how Wikipedia works. I I, I heard it's kind of I'm not on Wikipedia either. I heard it's kind of like a... you don't have a Wikipedia. No, I don't Radu. have a Wikipedia page. Oh, we got to get you on. If you're not on Wikipedia, it's kind of a pain. This in the podcast to... would never know about you, <laughs> and therefore you don't exist. The only history that's happened is history that's on Wikipedia. So yeah, so I don't exist. I don't exist from a from You a, don't exist. From a not independent country. Due to great losses, Grand Duke Nikolai Nikolovich, the Russian commander in chief, asked Prince Carol for the Romanian army to intervene and join forces with the Russian army. Okay. So basically what happened is like the Ottoman uh, the Russian empire became big enough to challenge the Ottoman empire and Romania and they decided well, well, where should, should we have the fight let's have it on Romanian territory it's more or less of what's happening in the Ukraine or uh, the war in Ukraine is about freedom it's about freedom that's The war true. in Ukraine is about freedom it's about people who want to be free Fre- yeah, and it's about well. nice the west nicely giving weapons to those people that want to be free it's it's that simple okay i'm sorry so they're like, hey, let's use Romania as the battleground for Russia and the Ottoman Empire. So Prince Carol, he accepts the Duke's proposal to become the marshal of the Russian troops in addition to the command of his own Romanian army, thus being able to lead the combined armed forces to the conquest of Plevna. Plevna? Yeah, maybe maybe it's not what I was... Maybe it's not Plevni. Does it end with an I? P-L-E-V-N-A. I can't do it. I I'm not I, I can't spell in my head with English letters. Okay, so Carol, okay. even though he has a girl's name, he's leading both armies. That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's Romanian. He's got the Russian army. He's got the Romanian army. He's going in. There's heavy fighting, but guess what? There's a surrender. The the Turkish general Osman Pasha, the army won the battle of Grivica and Rahova. Rahova and Grivica? Yeah, well, that, Grivica. actually, I was very close. Yeah, Grivica was impressively, because it's also like a letter that's not really the T letter. Oh, well, they, they spelled it phonetically for me, I think. Okay. There's no, like, not letter. On the 28th of November, 1877, the Plevna Citadel capitulated. Okay. And Osman Pasha surrendered the city, the garrison, and his sword to the Romanian colonel, Mihal Kerchaz. No idea on that one. Yeah. And Russian division commander Ivan Ganetsky. Ganetsky, okay. After the occupation of Plevna, the Romanian army returned to the Danube and won the Battle of Vidlin. 
okay. and smarten. So if you if you if you went to school in Romania, that exact story happened like tw- twenty times. Only this time around there was Russia, but there was like twenty times when Ru- the Romania fought. They decided, okay, we're not gonna pay tribute anymore. We're gonna have a fight. We won the fight, and then someone else, some other then, bigger force. And then you, you know it's like a like a TV show that <laughs> that uh, they 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 get married, but the next episode they're, they're still separated. <laughs> someone else is just taking them over. Like ah, yeah. we've got to do it again. <laughs> So every 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 new episode, we're so so we're, it starts off with we're paying tribute, and the 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 lesson ends with and then we stopped paying tribute, and then the, and why the is that? Do you think like is it that Romania doesn't have like the natural resources to kind of build up an empire the same way as these other empires? Is it like just population disparity? Like there's more people on each side of you? No, I think it's. Uh... I think it, it was. Why do some countries just get fucked over and over? Because it's it's just like uh, just a couple of countries that do the fucking over and over. Yeah. So it was like in Europe, it was Italy, Turkey, and Turkey I guess, did a lot of fucking the Ottomans. Yeah. Yeah, Russia. Gets forgotten. Maybe the 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 Macedonia. But uh, like people talk, the you know the UK until until Poland and Hungary. The UK likes to think of itself as this powerhouse, but like. Up until they got ships in like this, I think probably 1600s. I was reading this thing. The Ottomans got invited to visit England and they didn't even bother. <laughs> they were like, who are these fucking people? You know, they were like. Uh, oh, yeah. they, were, they were like expanded on like three continents, I think. I think they had yeah. part of Asia, Africa. and uh, Yeah, they were fucking killing it. Collecting taxes. The Ottoman Empire had a very specific rules of succession where if the king had a few sons right okay the winning son kills his brothers Ooh. if you win yeah you gotta make sure that no one's coming for you and it's like survival of the fittest that's quite nice because also then then the the sultan the big the big guy has lived life a bit yeah it's like your first test is kill your family and then you can be in charge. Yeah, I I, I respect that. Uh, I think I think that should happen with, like if 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 Bush had to kill his brothers before going to. Well, Bush Bush definitely had no problem pulling the trigger. I mean, he he didn't waver. I think after after killing the brother, the guilt would have gotten him a bit, so he would have been like a nicer president. Oh, I don't know if these people felt. I don't know if they're feeling guilt. Maybe. I think time has already probably taken Biden's siblings. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Johnny Biden died in '72. <laughs> Did you see Mitch McConnell yesterday and doing doing some speech, and he just stopped talking midway through a sentence and then just froze there, and then just had to be moved aside. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's like 88 or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know who Mitch McConnell is? I know, I know, the leader of the Republican Party. Yeah, but in the in the in the Senate, I think. Just in the Senate, okay. But yeah. Uh, the the puppets are are getting old now. Yeah, that is an old dolly. <laughs> Excuse me, we're gonna need a new ventriloquist dummy because our dummy is fucking old. Yeah, there's this Diane Feinstein. She's an American. I think she's a sender also. She's been a sender since like the 1400s, okay. and she clearly has Alzheimer's disease. <laughs> and they just keep like hiding her because she's like. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you're still a sender. Go for it, Diane. It's sad. I kind of, I, I, I wish people would get like angrier and stuff and like throw things. 
I, I, I really like how they... The French. Yeah, the French. You love the French. I love the French. They, they, they fucked over other countries as, as well. But they I feel like at least their government isn't fucking them over as much D- as... Domestically, they don't take shit. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had a huge riot because they wanted to raise the age of retirement to like, what, 64, was it? Something like that, yeah, by two years. I don't know. It seemed quite reasonable to me. <laughs> if I was there, I'd be like, that makes sense. You can't retire at 60 when you live to be 100. You know, like I feel like pro- I feel like the, the the way technology is progressing, I feel like the retirement age should go down like every five years. Yeah, but then they have to tax year. the tech companies. The only way that works is if you then tax the tech companies, but are getting more and more of our money. Oh yeah. If if every tech company is just sucking up so much money, it's like, well, yeah, we need a share of that money. Yeah, but if, they can't tax them because they're they're like the enough. international. Con- but they can They, I mean, they could really. If, if like all, the Ottoman Empire could tax Romania, but it couldn't. It couldn't tax Russia. Yes, That's but if all of the all of if all of the countries got together, the governments and were like, "Let's get them," then they have nowhere to go. That's true, but then all 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 of, all of the puppets aren't aren't ever gonna <laughs> make a plan. <laughs> yeah, all of the puppets from all of the countries uh, want to become real boys. <laughs> <laughs> they all want to be real boys in the same day. Romania got independence, eighteen seventy seven, and everyone lived happily ever after. Yeah, that's true. Right? That's that's what I know of it as well. The Ottoman Empire was definitely like the biggest foe we ever had. But I don't know if that's necessarily exaggerated by like the, the the Russia who who was like a like a uh, like a foe in Russia to Romania was like what the UK is to Ireland. Sure. It's very easy for Russia to kind of say they helped us. And like for a long time, they like for a long time, Russia was just our friend and and, and like the history books. Yeah. So they kind of made the Ottoman Empire like the biggest, bigger foe. Then World War Two came. World War Two came. And you fought Russia. But we we were like allies for. No, no, we we were were mostly. You fought them, but then you were allies again at the end. I think both World War Two, both World Wars. Yeah, we we started, we started. There was like a power struggle in the country. And then the 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 side that that wanted to root for Germany won. But also Germany's guns were way closer to our heads. Okay. And and then and then when when Germany's guns actually started shooting our heads. We switched to, to, to the sides. Yeah, the, the allies. Villains never think they're villains. Yeah. Jeff Bezos thinks he's a nice person. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone thinks they're a nice person. That's the weirdest thing once you realize that every every person you think is like an insufferable cunt thinks everyone else is a cunt. Like a bad person doesn't think they're a bad person ever. Yeah. They think... The, actually, a sign of a bad person is someone who thinks... A lot of people are bad people. Yeah, yeah. I you know mean, what I mean? Yeah. Like, unless you're in a fucking very oppressed, like, look, yeah. If you're in a concentration camp, you're probably surrounded by some bad people. Actually, you're surrounded by mostly probably also good people, and then the few people <laughs> who are oppressing you. But, but if but, you're, yeah, if, if, you see if you're, if you're just a guy, if you see the faults in everyone and think everyone else is an asshole, you're the asshole always. I have decades of opinions that they've managed to suppress. These days, I don't really like guys with long hair. I just look down on them. Right, I'm a guy with long hair. It's not long enough. But you know, <laughs> you're looking at me saying that. You're looking at me with a glint in your eye saying, I don't like guys with long hair. <laughs> this is an attack. You just feel confident saying it because Jody's here and he's bald. That's what it is. You, you saw the baldness of Jody and thought, I'm going to tell Bobby what I really think. 
I feel, I feel like Jody wants to be on the winning side of the hair. Argument. Yeah, Jody. Oh, I'm I'm the axis of hair evil, and you guys are the fucking short-haired allies coming for me. Well, cut off my beard, chop off my hair. You won't kill my fucking banjo playing spirit. Just because I've got a hat on doesn't mean under this hat is not a head of beautiful hair hiding a balding man. But that, that's what I was gonna say. I I, I uh. I don't like guys with like long hair, but also I've I have like a lot of friends with uh, guys with long hairs and stuff. Like I, I managed to ignore that opinion. Okay. And kind of still see the person. But oh, like I'm these... glad you can see me, Radu. <laughs> oh, thank you for that kindness. You're able to look past my disgusting hair. If it was longer, yeah, it would it would it would be harder, yeah. Oh, so if enough. I start putting it in a ponytail. Oh yeah, ponytail. Okay, well, I'll I'll, I'll send back the hair ties because that was gonna be today, baby. I wanted to. God, now that I got this cool hat. If I would have a ponytail, wouldn't it look cool? If a ponytail was just like it, it's not long enough to hang, but just stuck out the back of the hat and like tied tight in a bun. So yeah, can we all agree that it's it's, it's okay to look down on we on, can't on guys agree. With it's no, we can't agree <laughs> on that. I, I don't know. There's a guy with short hair identifying as a guy with long hair. <laughs> like that is. <laughs> I don't have short hair. I have luscious locks because, and I plan on having very long hair in my new life, working for a circus, and operating a carnival ride in different towns. In 1877, okay. <laughs> realizing that his people are weakened by cold and hunger, Chief Crazy Horse of the Oglala Sioux, it's a tribe, surrenders to the United States troops okay. in Nebraska. Now, I know you're thinking, who's Crazy Horse? It's... Well, 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 okay. you're about to find out. Crazy Horse was a Lakota war leader of the Oglala Band in the 19th century. He took up his arms against the United States federal government to fight against encroachment by white American settlers on Native American territory and to preserve the traditional way of life of the Lakota people. His participation in several battles of the Black Hills War on the northern Great Plains among them, the Fetterman fight in 1866, in which he acted as a decoy, and the Battle of the Little Bighorn in 1876, in which he led a war party to victory, earned him the great respect from both his enemies and his own people. In 1877, four months after surrendering to U.S. troops under General George Crook, Crazy Horse was fatally wounded by a bayonet-wielding military guard while allegedly resisting imprisonment at Camp Robinson in present-day Nebraska. So he died in prison. Was he resisting arrest? No, probably not. I feel like the the, the things that uh, the police is getting away with these days. I can't imagine what it what it was like two hundred years exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah. When you realize what the cops get away with now, you're like, well, wow, they could fucking do anything then. Yeah. <laughs> and this is now when people have eyes on them all the time, and they still do crazy shit. Back then, like all the witnesses would be dead, and like, it, it's hard. It's hard to to get people to listen to a story of. Of a, of a cop killed me if a, if a cop killed like 500 people in that village yeah. that week. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with living in the present, I'm going to say. Yeah, good. Although I, I feel like it's, this might be the sweet spot. I still, I, we talk about global warming once in a while, but I feel like this is, this is the best time to be alive. Like in 10 years from now, it would, it's, it's going to be shit again. It might go down. 
Because on paper, it's still better and better to be alive every year. Like, yeah, yeah, less yeah, yeah. poverty, even though there's war, less war worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Usually year after year. Yeah. Like, statistically, it's like less people are, less, less needless death. Okay. But, uh, yeah, as we cook ourselves, it might get interesting. <laughs> hey, guys, we've got into a pot of water on a stove, and we're just, we just turned on the heat. Oh, it's getting a bit warmer in here. And then, oh, it's a bit hot. And then uh, you think, well, it's just hot. What's the problem? But then a couple minutes later, you're in boiling water. Yeah. And so, uh, <clears throat> your skin starts to. Yeah, you're fucking melting. In 1877, Alexander Graham Bell. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah, the phone guy. Well, yes. So he installed the world's first commercial telephone service in Hamilton, Ontario. We don't have that. We have, oh yeah, for for like flight, we have like somebody that we say we say in Romania, you know, there's the Wright brothers, but there's like another dude that we say invent invented the plane in Romania. Really? I'm I'm assuming. Wait, who's this guy? I don't know. Out of like or somebody else. But the Wright brothers, you don't give a shit about the Wright brothers in Romania. You're just like. Yeah, yeah, we don't. And I I feel like it's the same with like the Alexander Graham Bell. I think there's like another twenty countries that have a dude that say they invented the phone. Radu, he was a Canadian hero. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, he was Scottish-born, but, you know, he did it in Canada. Okay. He co-founded uh, the American Telephone and Telegraph Company. Have you heard of it? AT&T. Oh. Big company even today. Okay. That's him. He looked great, Mr. Bell. Big, bushy beard. Kind of balding head. Nice, plump cheeks. Mr. Bell. He was a Scottish-born inventor, scientist. He was an engineer. He credited with patenting the first telephone. But his father, grandfather, and brother had all been associated with work on elocution and speech. And both his mother and wife were deaf, which profoundly influenced his life work. So this is a man with a moral compass. So it's like half his family loves talking, and the other half can't hear. <laughs> He was, he was driven to fix communication. He was driven to fix communication. Isn't that perfect? His research on hearing and speech further led him to experiment with hearing devices, which eventually culminated in Bell being awarded the first U.S. patent for the telephone. He was trying to make a hearing device. You know, they say the, the big debate of if, if uh, geniuses are born or made. Alexander Graham Bell was made a genius by his death. Uh, yeah, so he was trying to make a hearing aid and he made a telephone. Just still pretty close. Yeah, because today hearing aids still suck. My grandma has one. They they blow. That's a, that's 150 years ago. The hearing aid is still a shitty invention, but they've perfected the telephone. People who can't really hear that well still can't hear that well. Have you tried the hearing aid? I never tried one. Uh, no, but I mean, maybe they don't suck for everyone. Some people, I'm sure they really sort it out. But like, there's a certain... I think it's an it's a hard adjustment. I think okay to get used to. Yeah, because the noise just sounds different. That if if you lose your hearing, it's definitely different than hearing. Okay. If you have okay. no hearing, it's definitely you're like, wow, I can hear something. That's amazing. Better, yeah, yeah. Can I jump to blind people very quickly? Okay. You know, like the uh, dolphins and stuff, and they they use sonar. Yeah, yeah, and bats and stuff. So basically, yeah, they they make like a make a sound and it comes back. 
and and they 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 tested it on like blind people and I I've seen it on YouTube like ten years ago and I don't know what the hold up basically but like a blind dude with like a sonar on his head and he got used to it and then basically he was riding a bicycle and like on a on a on a circuit and going going around the obstacles and everything with a sonar on a bicycle a blind dude really was like ten years ago and I don't know why the technology hasn't really advanced Bro- since we're on the subject. Does it look stupid? Because I think people, don't, even if you're blind, you don't want to look stupid. If you're blind, do you mind if you look? St- I care. I want to look cool. I mean, I'm a listen. But if you're blind, you can't tell how it looks. You well, you can. You you still know though. I think like look, look. You look at me right now. What do you think? Rugged trucker, fucking cool guy. F- probably an intellectual, but isn't really trying to float it. Like you know, but. If you got like sonar headphones on and you're making clicking noises like a dolphin, <laughs> you have to make a noise. Do they make the noise? Like, no, I think the thing makes a noise. Oh, I thought you were saying they make the noise. They go, constantly. It's going to be, you know, it's hard to look cool. They're like, nah, I'd just rather be blind. <laughs> But what's okay? So 1877. So what's crazy though? So he got the patent for the telephone, but he considered his invention an intrusion on his real work as a scientist and refused to have a telephone in in his study. So he didn't really like the telephone. <laughs> he was like, "Oh fuck! I accidentally invented the greatest worst thing. I'd like to work on hearing aids." But other inventions marked his later life, including groundbreaking work in optical telecommunications, hydrofoils, and aeronautics. He had a strong influence on the National Geographic Society, that magazine we all jerked off to. Um, so, I mean, that's good. Okay. Do people masturbate to National Geographic in Romania? No. So the first first boobs I saw, uh, I saw them in a, in a museum in my hometown. Okay. Like the last floor, there's a painting. With them. Someone had stripped a woman naked and tied her up. That's a museum. This is a woman. And she's like, can I please? I'd like to have lunch. That's a Romanian museum. That's exactly what it was. Uh, but then we we just had like some, some magazines. No, we never had the National Geographic. A great magazine. I learned a lot. Um, okay. We had like proper. Yeah. Um, Some nipples can be long. Beyond his work in engineering, I've Bell- seen an open vagina before I seen a closed vagina. If that makes sense. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> Where in the museum? <laughs> they had a woman just fucking tied, uh, just her feet hog tied wide open, like a, a cow giving birth or something. In, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to go back there and see if she's still there. Yeah, she's an old girl now. She's an old girl ready to be put out to pasture. It's still, still going to be educational for me. Beyond his work in engineering, Bell had a deep interest in the emerging, soci- the emerging science of heredity. Okay. His work in the area has been called the soundest, most useful study of the human heredity proposed in 19th century America. Bell's most noble contribution to the basic science as distinct from invention. So what are you thinking? What is heredity? Well, so he doesn't biological inheritance. Okay. So he, you know, he studied it. Okay. So he studied how he, he, both his uh, mom and his uh, sister was, were deaf. Yeah. Basically. So so that was, I think, yeah. That's his first observation of, on hereditary. It really does seem like the love, this man's love for his family drove all of his work. And, his real like passion was like he was you know c- because he was born in 1877 and not 1950 
he was laying all these foundations for everyone else to do the work he was actually trying to do. Yeah, yeah. But an impressive man all the same. Died at age 75 in 1922 in Nova Scotia. Can you go visit his house? Is there like a memorial house of Alexander Graham Bell? I bet. I don't know about that. Right here's Sorry, there's a rule in this question on this podcast, right? Okay. We don't ask questions. Okay, I'm sorry. We don't ask, like, if somebody doesn't say a fact, okay. there's a reason for that. They don't know it. <laughs> so we don't go, like, asking really probing questions as if okay. the person is an actual expert on the topic they're talking. Okay. We just roll okay. with the information that is given. Okay, I got this from now. Can I, can I apologize or should I? Don't apologize. No apolog- okay, sorry about that. Don't apologize. It's just, I know what I know. Okay. I trust you, and I trust myself more now. Good. You want to move on to uh, 1878? That's not how this works, Radu. No. <laughs> we start, we, we stick with one year. Listen, we've nailed it. We, we've, we've, we've dove in. We've learned about a lot about 1877. Okay. I know a lot about you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. If Red dies in custody, we'll mourn him, and the podcast will go away from being a a movement to try to keep Red in prison to being a memorial to celebrate his life. Yeah, the the Red Richardson Foundation podcast. Yes, but it's not there yet. As of today, he's still imprisoned in Dubai. It's his fourth day. He hasn't eaten because... Uh, he doesn't like brown bread, and they won't. They refuse to serve him white bread. <laughs> but he keeps asking for ham sandwich. They won't go for it. But I really hope that uh, Red's doing well in prison. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Radu. Thank you for having me. I hope I hope Red is going to stay in prison and I can come back. Uh, well, or maybe you go to prison in, in Dubai. And... Th- then it's your podcast, Radu's. <laughs> for for once, Romania's going to take something over and hold on to it. <laughs> Jody, you didn't speak much today, but thank you. Great to be here. I'll be talking lots more on the Patreon, probably. Bye-bye, you'd like to. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to our super genius patrons, Christopher Spencer Matthew. You know you are. That's it. See you next week. Check the Patreon out if you want more Radu and me. Goodbye. That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, Jody, And also, I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller for our intro music and song. It's, uh, it's very catchy. It's very nice. I'm sure you'll enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks for Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of The Year Is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. 
And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.